When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be back with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson is in. We are loaded up. Mike Babcock in 20 minutes. Shuey is back from Wilderness Ridge Golf. So we'll talk a little golf and some football with Shuey. And since it was a best of yesterday down in Kansas City, took Junior down to see his Yankees get beat by your Royals. Uh, it, it, I'm catching up. It's weird to take half a day or two half days and, and be back. So I'm, I'm getting back into rhythm here. Get on the old bike. Rick Kaczynski, Kaz will be with us in hour two and a jock doc on the way. Numbers to get in 466-3776-466-377-800-825-5865. Can find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio, at uh, Willie on the radio, correct? Yay, nailed that, good. Got it. And can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Trev Albert speaking today at the, uh, the, the broadcast convention, uh, and that was cool uh, when it comes to, to sellout streak and it comes to uh, COVID testing and all that. But a really good nugget sent out by Trev Alberts not long ago was the fact that, hey, uh, the uniform gate, the stir that was caused the last 24 hours on a fake picture tweeted out on what the alternate uniforms would look like, a tribute to Little Red, uh, it's fake. Trev Alberts, hate to break it to everyone, there won't be any overalls on our football uniforms this season. Little Red will not be taking questions at this time. Please respect (laughs) its privacy. My Lord, you want to talk about getting folks up in arms in a, in, in a fury? And I get it because those, those uniforms were garbage, would have been garbage. And quite frankly, the sooner Little Red goes away, the better. There I said it. Oh, never been a Little Red guy. Dang. Ever, ever, ever. Oh. Grumpy old guy, forgive me. I get it. So let's talk practice here. And the... The worry is real for Nebraska football fans right now with uh, what we what we don't know, what may be floating out there rumor-wise with uh, the tight end position for Nebraska football. So you had another open practice today for Husker football. You had tight ends Austin Allen, Travis Vokalek not in attendance at the beginning of, of Wednesday's practice. So James Carney... A.J. Rollins, Chris Hickman. Hickman's been a part of the program for for a long time. A little bit leaner tight end, but is quite 
talented, can be talented. James Carney, a uh, really talented dude. I'm going to use that word talent a lot here in the first 15 minutes. And then A.J. Rollins also. So if, 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 dot, 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 if Nebraska does not have, and I don't know this, okay, Coach Frost doesn't really comment on injuries. Nothing was much asked post-game or post-practice to some of the coaches that were available about Austin Allen, Travis Vokalik. If, God forbid, Allen and Vokalik are not available for Illinois, then that is, well, that's a problem. That's a problem for what you've been wanting to do with two tight ends. It wasn't that long ago Coach Becton's talking about the tight end room. It's not that long ago Coach Lubick's talking about tight ends being the first read. They still can be, right? You can still get work done because it is next man up. If you're going to have a physical camp to be a physical football team and get ready for Brett Bielema, his brand of football is smash mouth defensively and offensively. You're going to need to, to tee off on one another. So I, I hope for Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek's sake that it's more of a management day versus a long-term injury, but I don't know. As many uh, pads that have been popping, as, as uh, gladiatorial as it's been down there, this, this camp, uh, you're going to get dinged up. I hope it's not long-term. I hope it's not... Uh, anything that we saw not long ago with Jack Stoll. I don't know. I don't know. I hear a hundred different things, and none of it is going to be reported because it's not been confirmed by the head coach. So there you go. So running backs on our mind. Will, let's talk. When I, when I say Nebraska running back, who comes to your mind? Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead for you. For me, it's Mike Rogier. Okay. It's it's also LP. It's also Amon. It's it's Amir. It's it's Rex. It's it's Roy. Hello, goodbye against Missouri, right for three ten or or whatever it turned out to be. But the Nebraska eyebacks, Nebraska running backs have always been a factor. Are they going to be a factor for Nebraska football twenty? 21 they have to be they have to be because everything's kind of predicated on where this offense wants to go does the offense want to get more consistent in the red zone you bet the offense want to get uh, better at holding on to the football ball control in a ball control league the big 10 gotta have backs so it sounds like uh, Sevian morrison's looking different doing nice things I uh, don't know that Step was was too available for that Sunday scrimmage, but you did have uh, Step talk a little bit after practice today about how Gabe Irvin busted a 60-yard run against the top defense. That's wonderful. But the the theme today was the dreaded chip on shoulder. You hear about it. It's not new commentary about a position group or a player. But here is Ryan Held after practice talking about this mentality, his group, the running back group's mindset. We're rolling, a lot of competition. We're grading every play. Uh, I like where the running backs are at, but we're not satisfied. we got a chip on our shoulder. We haven't done anything. Uh, we just have to continue to practice and narrow this deal down as we go, like Coach said, to find our, our top guys to get ready for going. You know, there's urgency. There's urgency with this position group. And 
if we're going to be fair, some of it's been out of Coach Held's control. Some of it's been about who they've brought in. Is the talent match up on film? Absolutely. Has the character slash ability to handle the responsibility of being a running back at Nebraska always been carried out by guys that were brought in? No. No. Nebraska's brought in a bunch of guys at running back that have either left or flaked out. Okay? And a bunch might be too strong of a word, but there's two in mind, okay, that just didn't work out here. Mm-hmm. And the two that did, Schmitty, it kind of seems like accidents. Like uh, Ozigbo, right? I mean, he was here. He inherited Ozigbo. And 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 Mills. He was third team. Right. And Ziggy got rolling because you'd kind of had enough of Bell. And then look what you got. You got a guy that's playing for Jayville, or at least still on the roster, with Mo. Uh, Mo did some good things, but Mo just was a mess. Mo was a mess, and Mo made, I think, that running back room a mess because you kept giving him chances. Because, yeah, he's probably the most talented back you had in the roster. But was he doing all the things he needed to do off the field to, to get carries on the field? I would say no. That's not a great message to your running back room. So now you're going into to year four, and, and Coach Held's got some urgency because, brother, your, your position group and your running back room is going to be the piece that makes or breaks this offense, clearly understanding the offensive line does their job because yes. they've got to yep. do their job to get the running back room yards and, and, and positive yards. More from Held on the why. We want to know about why. And it's why is there that chip on said shoulder for the running back room? You know, our guys, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, we don't have a very good group. What's the group? No one's unproved. You know, everything's unproven. So our guys want to go out there and prove that we have talent in the room and uh, be able to be a, a, a position of strength on the football team. So there's a, a, a nice little motivation there, um, you know, to, to, to be a position that helps our football team. We need to be, um, you know, so that that's, uh, you know, that's one of many things, but, you know, that's uh, – uh, something that uh, our guys are really working hard because we want to be able to be factors on this offense. Got to be a factor. I believe they've got talent in that room. Here's what I think's gone on. This isn't excuses. This is my math on why it's been uh, a roller coaster or there's been lack of production or there's been lack of faith or there's been really not much of a dent as a focal point of the offense. You've had injury, you've had COVID, and you've had some immaturity, okay? And that's that's how I see it. And I think guys, there's some guys who are getting it now, and I think Sevian Morrison's a, a great example here. What Sevian Morrison do? Well, things didn't work out for him in the spring. You had COVID, and it was it was kind of a mess for him last fall. What's Morrison done? Well, Morrison's down to 205 pounds, his lower body looks incredible, uh, per the word out of camp, and he looks like a dynamic back. He looks like the dude you brought out of Oklahoma, okay? And, and he's finally healthy and ready to get reps, get practice, get better, be developed. I think you've had, for whatever reason, a ton of these high-profile guys that were brought in by Held, they've not had much lab time. For, for whatever reason, they've not had the lab time to develop. And then, oh, by the way, let's get the practice time. 
That was shot to hell last spring. That's part of my that's part of my reasoning here as to why. Listen, I don't think there's bad running backs to choose from in there at all. You get recruited by Nebraska, you're a hell of a good ball carrier. Right. And you look at the peer group Nebraska beat out for a lot of these running backs. I think there's just been a lot of things that have thrown a, a kink or a wrench into the development. And some guys don't need as much development or they develop faster. Some guys need a little bit more watering. It's like that in a lot of spots. But you want to be able to look at some running backs and go, all right, you're my guy, you're my guy, you're my guy. You know, if they're running goal line stuff and they're implementing Yant as a fullback where you got a downhill guy like Step, that's part of your problem solver, potentially. What are you going to do? What's your identity? What you want to be in the red zone? Well, you can get in eye formation and play some smash mouth football, score points that way versus getting cute. Get downhill. And if Yank can be a, a ball carrier or a fullback that leads the way for a guy like Stepp or Irvin, more power to him. So I think there's been some things out of Held's control. And I think guys are, are just growing up a year or two now into this. They get that they got to put, as Ryan Held puts, puts it perfectly, you got to pay the price in the offseason. And I think there's been uh, some guys on the offensive side of the football and on the defensive side of the football, it's just a maturing process. You get better with age, and you start to understand things. And if you're Nebraska and you got a running back group to choose from, and some of those guys know the playbook now, they've started paying the price, it can all come together. I think they've got talent in the room, and I think Ryan Held's a good coach. I just think it needs to all work out for both parties. The backs need to step up and be ready to, to put up uh, numbers that help this offense be a factor. What's the number to you? I, I'm going to say, and it's hard to do against Ohio State, but Nebraska did it last year. It's hard to do against Iowa. It's hard to do against Northwestern. But to me, 200 yards is the number. And you look back historically at Nebraska football, they run for two bills on anybody. Doesn't matter the era, doesn't matter the year, they're going to win the football That's game. A wrap. They're going to win the football game because guess what? You're needing a massage, you're needing a muscle relaxer, and you're needing a shot of whiskey by the fourth quarter if the defense has been on the field against a a Nebraska offensive line. Let's get another thought here from Coach Held here, specifically last year as he goes into a little bit more detail versus this year. Uh, They can have that chip. They can feel disrespected. And, and I'm not disrespecting them. I think they're going to find a couple of backs, and it will make the offense work and go. I, I, I am going to buy stock in the running back room because I think they've got options and choices to, again, be a factor. Here's more from Held. Yeah, we always are going to have a chip, right? But, you know, when, when, when the season ended, we weren't satisfied with, you know, what that position needs to be at Nebraska. So, you know, we, we went out and, and – uh, uh, got more guys in the room, got guys that were in the room healthy. Uh, and now, you know, we just got to go out there and, and be able to be a position. We got to be able to run the ball in this league. We got to have running backs that can run it. We can't rely on Adrian to run the ball, um, you know, all the time. There's times we need him to, but in uh, the quarterbacks, but we got to be able to run the football. And, uh, you know, like, like Turner has the hat, run the you know what ball. Uh, we got to be able to do it. And then that opens up everything else. The nice thing is, is, 
you know, we're talented at other positions that can that can really open up some things. Uh, but this league's tough. It's t you know, three yards is a good play in this league. Um, and so you got to be physical, and, and that's what I'm on our guys. We can't tiptoe through the tulips, you know. There's an old movie, uh, Days of Thunder. You ever seen that? Yeah. When Harry tells Tom Cruise you got to drive through the smoke, right? We can't tiptoe through the smoke. we got to drive through that deal. Well, put her in four-wheel drive if you got to. Go heavy. If you can be a sports car and shoot through the smoke, so be it. But uh, find a way to get three or four on first down. We'll dive into ball control offense and if Nebraska can can make that a reality. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Are the running backs going to be a factor and the dreaded chip on said shoulder. Hey, whatever works, whatever it takes, I don't really care about the theme. Just get results if you're a Nebraska football fan. I think you're nodding your head with what you want to see come Saturday against the Illini. You want to see two healthy tight ends. What's the reality of that? Mike Babcock's on the way with Hale Varsity Radio. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We'll have plenty the next two days on Bo Pelini's sit-down with Will Compton, bussing with the boys, Tyler Luan. Also, uh, we'll... Uh, a guest of the show over the years from time to time. So uh, some interesting takes from Bo and uh, his time at Nebraska. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, uh, Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, uh, you surviving the heat here. How are you, man? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, I got, uh, you know, I got to be careful here being on Hill Varsity Radio, I can't be tiptoeing through the tulips. Uh, <laughs> Got to drive right through that smoke. I, I know. And and listen, I, I like it when Coach Held gets fired up and, and he'll make Days of Thunder references. And <laughs> You know, uh, there was minimal times in my horrific athletic career where the fat kid named Schmidt got the fullback carry. It was pre-Jamar Toombs era. But once in a while, the coach felt sorry for the asthmatic, and let's just give him the football. And darn it, Mike, you got to get through that smoke, brother. Yeah, you do. You do. There's no – now, I wonder, did, did Robert Duvall, Duvall really say that to Tom Cruise? Or? It, it just sounds better coming just, from Tom, yeah. Cruise, Tom yeah. Cruise, right? It works better. It, it does. So let's talk running back room here in – Mike, running back's always been a factor at Nebraska, and I, whatever it takes, man, if, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I, I don't care what is said as long as the development, the understanding, and then the execution happens on Saturday. And, and I think that, this is an excuse radio, but I, I think there's been, honestly, some things out of Coach Held's control from a developmental standpoint here the last 18 months that, that maybe has slowed down some of the kids he's brought in. Well, yeah, but, you know, as he said uh, it, it, during the interview, he, you know, he, 
the coaches weren't happy with the running back situation last year. They brought in some more guys. They mm-hmm. got good competition in the room. Um, guys have had to work through some things. You know, Step had the injury this spring. Um, but he, he sounded very uh, upbeat about it. I mean, you know, there's he said there's there are four guys in the competition right now. The other guys aren't completely out of it, but they need to step up and uh, be consistent. And, you know, I, 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 in listening to him, I thought he seemed pretty optimistic about it. But, again, you know, they're going to have to narrow the list because I don't think that you can rotate four running backs in there. You've got to settle on a couple. Um, and, you know, that's important. And, you know, apparently we're going to find out here pretty quick um, who the who the lead lead guys are. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I thought he sounded pretty upbeat about the way things were. And, you know, like you said, he's, he's very uh, enthusiastic when he gets going there, and yeah, I think he was today. I think there's urgency, and, and it's okay. Yeah, the running backs haven't delivered like they've needed to. And you had some key games last year where, where Mills was not healthy, and then you had to go to Wandale. And you went to Wandale because the the, the, the brain power felt that was the best option, not the other guys you've recruited in specifically to be running back. You go back to, to the Mo saga, and they kept giving him every opportunity to, to be a feature. Didn't happen. Greg Bell didn't work out. And then, you know, Bill and I are talking about Ziggy and, and how nice he was. And he was third team coming out of, out of spring ball uh, when you go back to 2018. So let's focus on a couple of those running backs and when we talk fit and where this offense wants to go, and, and I think you can see some more downhill ball control, Step is always going to have that injury question mark, okay? Irvin is young, but it sounds like there's some real high upside with him. And then kind of the name today was Sevian Morrison with uh, the commitment he made this, this past season. He's also young. Uh, not necessarily as young as Irvin in the program, but young from a standpoint of actually being able to to go do right because uh, some of the some of the off the field uh, missteps, i.e., COVID or just flat out health or playbook, right? Right, right, and it, yeah, he he's been kind of a uh, his name has come up, I think, during the fall camp uh, more than once, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think as we talked last time, I, I was a little bit surprised to hear his name, but. Uh, you know, uh, Held was was pretty complimentary of him again today, and uh, he said he did trim down. He's two oh five and uh, reshaped himself, and and really sounds like he's right in the mix. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the one of the guys that steps to the front of the depth chart when uh, when we finally see it, just because of the things I've heard about him. Uh, you know, I I think uh, and I because those three guys were available today. I don't know who the fourth guy is, uh, for sure. I have no. Is it Yant? Are they looking at and maybe doing some more fullback work with Yant? Uh, dare I say fullback out loud in twenty twenty one? Well, no, I don't know if you dare say that, but uh, I think the first the first day of practice uh, was Scott's name was the fourth was the fourth guy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but but again, the three guys that came for the interviews today. Um, reporters, you know, we read that as well. This must be three. There's your three, three Mike. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, a couple of the other guys didn't want to didn't want to talk today, or they had something else that they had to do. So, um, but 
you know, that's how that's how we base it. So we right now we're looking at those three guys plus one that we don't know who it is. Those three can do a lot of work. Uh, when we talk offense and and what we think Nebraska's identity can be, Mike, Nebraska's done a lot of soul searching and self assessment, and you know, ball control sounds like a, a real good thing here in twenty twenty one, and. Tell me how you think that can complement all the different puzzle pieces for this offense. We talk quarterbacks, we talk skill guys, there's the O-line, and then the running back room. If Nebraska's emphasis, and they've always been a run running football team, but if it, if it turns to, to power, uh, that, that could be pretty nice. And it might actually fit with what you have. Guys could be really good at power between the running back and the O-line. Well, yeah, no question about that. And as we've talked before, too, I mean, if you get that power running game going and you establish that, and and the defense has to pay attention to that because you can run that ball, you got a downhill offense like you were talking about earlier, um, then that opens up things for the passing game. And, you know, we've heard a lot of good things about the receivers. Um, we've heard a lot of good things, like you said, about the offensive line. And we've heard a lot of good things about Adrian Martinez. So, if you get that running game going and you put those other pieces in there and, and you know, the offensive line is a piece of everything that mm-hmm. the offense does, but you put the receivers and you put Adrian Martinez and where he's, where he's at, according to what we think, what we've heard, um, that's a pretty potent offense. That's what you want. I think in the big 10, um, establish a physical running game and then open things up when defenses have to watch for that. Mike, would you sprinkle in any option, any option ball with with uh, Adrian in the in the backs you have? Uh, could you could you do that? And it doesn't even have to be I formation, short side motion from the wing back. You know, good old no, no. Ab- Abdul coming down for a, for a crack back block. I'm talking just some shotgun, you know, option game with your with your quarterback in this running back tandem. You're talking to me, so yeah, option definitely. I'd, I'd like <laughs> Mike to votes to yes, that. yeah. And, but you know, particularly the way Martinez can run, um, you know, he has that ability. But again, as we've talked before, he can't be your main mm-hmm. running back. You know, you can't put all that pressure on him. But yeah, I'd like to see some option plays because I think you you've got the pieces again that could fit into that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what emerges as we get closer to Illinois. You know, lots uh, to choose from in the playbook. Mike, uh, we don't know what the reality is with Austin Allen or Travis Vokalek, but Nebraska adjusts how two weeks from Saturday if neither tight end's available or, or only one tight end's available. Well, um, you got to be able to adapt. That's the nature of the game. Um, and, it, you know, they're, they're certainly an important part of what they could do from a passing standpoint. Um, so you're going to have to adjust, and you've probably got to – I mean, can Chris Hickman be a guy like that? I mean, I think he's – I don't know how heavy he is. He's a 215, guy. maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're going to find guys. You're going to do what you have to do. Um, so I'm – you know, again, I'm confident that it's not going to. They're going to move forward, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're going to find a way if 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 that's the case. Well, and it's not like Carney's 
there's always an adjustment from right. from from high school to college. But Carney's a big dude. I mean, Carney's yeah. a thick, thick player out of Norris, and I know Rollins. I loved watching Rollins play basketball and saw a little bit of him uh, when he played, obviously, at prep at tight end. But there's some weight weight to me that needs to be put on Rollins if he's an, an end-line guy. And right now, you know, if, if you had Vokalek as your heavy and you had your Allen as kind of your flex wideout, uh, I mean, that was a nice one-two punch, and it still can be a nice one-two punch at tight end. We just There's some things floating in the air here about their availability. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I should have—I'm not sure what Hickman weighs right now. I should have looked before I started mentioning his name. But I know he's a big guy, and they've—we've heard some good things about him in the in the spring. So, or in, in fall mm-hmm. camp, excuse me. So, but I—they'll adjust. You know, they'll find a way. Mike Babcock's with us. Hail Varsity Magazine, hailvarsity.com, at mdbabs on Twitter's where you find him. Mike, about a minute here. What are you working on, and what's uh, next from you with Hale Varsity, what can folks uh, expect uh, to be reading and seeing here in the uh, in the upcoming days here on on football fall camp 2021? Well, we're just getting the proofing done for the volleyball issue. All right, get, get that out, and then uh, then we start on the on the next month's issue, which will be the season will be going then. Um, but uh, it'll precede, I think, the Oklahoma game. So a little bit of looking at the. You know, maybe that Oklahoma series, trying to find some things that fit into that. That is awesome. I can't wait for for the roadie down to Norman. Uh, first things first, so you've got gotta the Illinois. You gotta, you gotta get Illinois handled, and uh, things are growing excitement wise. Babbers, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for the time today. Thanks for having me, Smitty. All right, there he is. That's uh, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, and yes, some option football. Why not? Why not do a little sprint option? Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking. Uh, we'll see how my golf game is Saturday, because I'm a part of a fundraiser. The man to fix your golf game, Mike Shuhart. Shuey, coming up from Wilderness Ridge. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Wednesday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Coach Kaz coming up. Rick Kaczynski. Uh, we'll have some thoughts here on Bo's sit-down with uh, Will Compton on Bussin' with the Boys. So that podcast, folks are checking that out uh, Love what Will's doing. We say hi to Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. And uh, Shuey, it's been a bit of a, a heat wave for you, man. How are, how are folks handling those, uh, those lightning-quick greens? What do you know, bud? Man, it is hot, that's for sure. So, too hot for me. Uh, what's the, what's the, the most just grody weather you've ever played in? Uh, well, I played yesterday and the day before. That so was pretty close to that. Do these make your top five ever? <laughs> that was one of them, man. Yeah, the Monday especially, because I had to play 36 holes, so I was out there for a long time in that heat. That wasn't much fun. Probably the worst was I played in Anheuser-Busch down in uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Mm. And uh, it was get back in the holes by the water, no wind, humidity 100%. And, man, it's like 
there was one tee that kind of set back in the trees by the water, and it's like only one guy at a time could go in there because if you stood back there and waited your turn, you would sweat to death. Mm. So it's like that, that was probably the worst. You know, I don't feel so bad about maybe having one too many bites of uh, of ribs yesterday, eating barbecue before the baseball game, and then waddling down to uh, <laughs> you know to midway through, you know, off just off of uh, the third base side for the Yanks Royals last night. Took Junior, and I felt just How like nice I, is that? Oh, well, it was awesome. Except that Daddy ate too much barbecue before we went to the game. And, you know, it was still, you know, 6.30 pregame, 7, 10, first pitch, whatever. But you're just sitting there and you're just you're just miserable because you, you <laughs> ate. So you had to drink more beer because you needed to start burping, Chewy. No question, see. There's always a way to get around it. I, that's what I'm kind saying. I'm thinking so. so. I'm thinking so. Let's get into some football before we talk golf. And uh, when we talk uh, Nebraska and uh, what they need to do on offense, and we were spending some time on Coach Held and his running back room, in your opinion, where and what does Nebraska's running game need to do, Shuey? What's it need to do game in, game out? There's some games you're going to maul. There's some games you're going to grind. But at the end of the day, what's the running room, what's the running back uh, position need to do per game? What's a good yardage number for you? Well, it's got to put you in your down and distance in much better position. So it's like you got to gain some yards on first down, period, because you can't always be playing behind the chains. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they have to be better at, at, at getting yards to make you have reasonable, basically, second and third down conversion that makes it way easier yep stay on stay on schedule for sure exactly and you got to have somebody in there that can that can break something for a big play you know i know i haven't seen it we have a back like that for a while Mm -hmm. you know if something breaks they got the speed the elusiveness to actually make a simple gain turn it into something spectacular That'd be that'd be ideal, man. Have that game breaker that can take uh, a handoff or a toss, turn the corner and light it up, get downfield for for a gain of twenty when it should have been a gain of seven or break a tackle. I think you're going to see more of a a physical mentality with the running game, shoey downhill. And I think I don't know Morrison could be one of those guys that that could be a home run. Same with Irvin. I think steps more your ground and pound guy, but do you feel okay about the the room? I know it's not proven, and they're using that as some motivation. I think so. I think I think. I mean, I watched the the spring game and Irvin. I was very impressed with him. You know, I think I think he's going to be really good as time goes on. If not at the beginning of the season, you know, Morrison. You, I haven't seen enough of him. Mm-hmm. Our step. There's so many guys you haven't seen enough of, but just looking at them on paper, I agree with you. It's like step is like the guy that you put in there, and he's going to pound the rock. Um, and you got like the other two guys mm-hmm. I think are more elusive that can make big plays. So you got a nice combination of, of what you have. But again, you got to see it, you know. And it's all going to come down to the line too. But yeah. I was really impressed with Irvin in the in the spring game. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, I want to get your thoughts here as things wind down with the PGA Tour. You've got FedEx playoffs uh, around the corner, and you've got uh, Wyndham Championship in Greensboro. 
And uh, what are your thoughts here as, as the season's kind of kind of winding down? It's kind of like just that. It kind of in a little lull right now. You know, still a lot to play for, but all your majors are done with. You know, so you know it's now just kind of positioning yourself for the FedEx Cup, and that will bring some excitement back as you get closer to the end of the FedEx Cup. You know, we have a big tournament going on in Omaha right now. The you know, the Corn Ferry, mm-hmm. this is kind of their tour championship. So this is their last chance to secure their card. So after the tournament's over up there, 25 guys are going to basically see their tour card. So huge tournament up there. That's a good time, and that's an awesome um, awesome course. Shui, what's new with you, man? How are, how are the, uh, how's the youth uh, golf going when it comes to camps? Tell me about some fitting uh, Fridays as we march towards the school year in the fall, but it's still plenty uh, of hot and sticky. A great time to get out and play oh, some yeah. golf. It is. You know, so we pretty much kind of slowing down with school getting ready to start. Most of our programs have ended. Um, just for a little bit, then once school gets going back in, we'll start some fall programs. Um, I have a one of our fitting days that I'm going to announce a date that we have. Titleist came out with their new irons, so I'm going to set up a fitting day for people to come out and, and have the opportunity to get fit with the new Titleist stuff, which is I just got my new set today, so I'm excited. Let me ask for a friend what you're doing with your old set. Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> I got to see if my new ones work first. Uh-huh. That's 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 always wonderful rule of thumb, right? Because it ain't the player; it's the equipment, right? Always, always. Shuey's <laughs> well, like, eh, I might hold on to my old ones, but no. I mean, Titleists are, are, are awesome. That's good stuff. And uh, folks want to get a hold of you for lessons, for some instruction. Or just kind of inquire about membership with Wilderness. I know that Aquatic Center, uh, once it's done, is just going to be incredible. It is. I'm sitting right here looking at our lazy river that they're getting framed up, getting ready to start pouring for. So super excited about that. Can't wait for that to get all finished. So it's going to be fantastic. But yeah, just go to you can go to WildernessRidgeGolf.com, our website. They have all the information on there. Looking for uh, membership, any information on M- membership. They have kind of a lot of the projects that are coming online for next year. So, and all of our contact information there. You can get a hold of us at any time. Chewy, would it be possible to do a show from the Lazy River? It will be. we got a nice bridge. we got some islands out there. I think that's in the works, no question. Good. I, all I need to table and... Well, power near no. water is never a great thing, but we can, we can make we'll it happen. We'll figure something out. I got to put you put you on a little raft, and you go right around the lazy river as you do the show. I That's what it. I'm saying. That is so good. And if we got to make a pit stop to, to hydrate, we may do it. Yep, right there at the adult swim up bar. We'll do that. <laughs> Beautiful along the way. I love it. Shuey, you take care. We'll talk next week. Thanks for a few minutes. Uh, thank you. Everybody, stay safe. All right, buddy. There he is, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. 15 minutes away, Rick Kaczynski, fantastic coach at Nebraska and Iowa. Uh, His thoughts on the fall. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Rick Kaczynski. uh, Wednesday with Kaz in 10 minutes. So Bo Pelini sat down with Will Compton, bussing with the boys. That podcast dropped this morning. And uh, Will's been a friend of the show from time to time over the years. It's been a while since we've had a chance to get Will on. But 
So this is Bo responding, and, and I think you saw this as part of the tease uh, on, on Twitter with, uh, with Bo Polini and uh, Will Compton. Uh, this is that excerpt from their, their trailer on the podcast on, you know, Bo ever coming back. Bo ever coming back to Nebraska. We, we, we talk out loud, you know, Frank is done at Ohio. It'd be really cool to get Frank back for Fordham or sometime this season to honor Frank. And, you know, there's some Nebraska fans that would love to have Bo back. There's some that, that wouldn't like to have Bo back. I think nine or ten wins looks pretty damn good right now. But uh, here's Bo's response to the question about ever returning to Nebraska. No, I'll never end up back in Nebraska. You don't think so? No. Even if they call and they're like, hey, well, hey listen, we f***ed up. We they wouldn't. You. No. They would, that would never happen. Not there. That's a bummer. Yeah. Because of how bad the breakup was? No. It just, because it was more than the, you know, obviously it was the AD at the time, but I mean, and the, and the, and the, the chancellor at the time, those two kind of probably drove it, but the media, you know, they had gotten the media on board and those media people would never admit to being wrong mm-hmm. or, you know, to, but you know, I, I just don't think it would ever, it would never happen now. We'll get some thoughts from coach Kaczynski here in the next few minutes, just on, you know, Bo coming back and, and even being willing to, to go talk about this because a lot of those guys from that staff are are ticked that they were let go. They thought that they were ready to, to make a jump. We'll never know. We'll absolutely never know. Uh, let's hear Bo's take on the Texas game, though, because that's still, man, burned into our our minds as Nebraska fans. What could have been had you taken down Texas? Talking about how we should have won. They, the bullshit second that went on no, the clock. It was. It was a crock. I mean, you lifted your arms. You were celebrating. It was. I was on the field. I was going to shake hands. Do you feel like moving to the Big Ten? That was like like that played into like we can't let these motherfuckers win. Oh, there's. I don't think there's any question. I, I don't that. think I heard whether it's true or not. I don't know that that it wasn't even that like the replay official wasn't the one who actually hit the button for the re to to review it. I mean, there was nothing to review. It was over. Game was yeah. over. I mean, it was. I mean, and and then I heard some like a Big Twelve official reached over, and hit the button. That's what I was told a couple months after, and I was like, "Well, what are you going to do, dude?" <laughs> have you have you heard about that ever? I I I was not at the the Big Twelve championship game where Texas won on a last second field goal after Colt McCoy got shot putted by Sue with the one second put on. But I, I remember vividly watching and then just the audio, the post game, the rage, and the audio that, that is out there from the BCS, that's why they make that call. That our that our heard at friend Chick and Nick were there and had the audio of. And I can absolutely see protections being made. That that's that's a jump. That's that's a dirty accusation. But Texas playing Alabama for the national championship if they stay undefeated. They did. They they got rocked. But I mean Nebraska's never had a good relationship with a lot of the leagues they're they've been in. 
post Big 8. We'll leave it at that. Coach Kaz up, up next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a sit-down with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski with us, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, you're drafting what off the menu when you go eat barbecue? Well, it's a little bit tough down here, Schmitty. They got this uh, mustard-based uh, junk down here. <laughs> right? They call barbecue, so that's the one thing at the Midlands in uh in South Carolina, all mustard based. So I'm not a mustard guy, and it, it's uh, all pulled pork. Tough. There's a couple, a uh, couple butcher shops that uh, sell burn ends down here, but they're they're really not really not burn ends. But uh, not too far from North Carolina, there's a place up in Lexington, North Carolina, got really good barbecue, but nothing like nothing like Kansas City. Nothing. No Jack Stacks. No uh, Arthur Bryant's. Uh, I like Gates. I'm not uh, Gates isn't my top choice. They're my top choice in hot uh, hot barbecue sauce, but not necessarily the meat. But but yeah, nothing like that down here. You guys, uh, you guys got it pretty good up there, bro. Well, we did a little roadie to Kansas City yesterday. Saw the uh, the Royals and Yankees. Took Junior. It's tradition to go feed our face with barbecue, and then. You go sit down at 90,000% humidity and you're absolutely miserable. But it is what it is with uh, with uh, overeating and then going and doing baseball. But, yeah, I did the ribs and did the uh, the burnt ends and uh, had a boulevard. I was a happy guy, man. It's pretty good. But it's good to be back uh, talking some football with you. Kaz, I want to ask you this. You've worked the offensive line. You played offensive line. What system or or style of offense would 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 you like kind of plant your flag with? What 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 worked when you guys were at Notre Dame and the different places you've been between Nebraska and in Iowa? Both really good offenses, physical physical offenses uh, everywhere you've been. And I'm just kind of curious here is is you've got the offense now that needs to adjust to. To, to defense is playing well. I know there's more points in college football, but but it seems like everyone's running the spread. So I guess what's next? What could be next offensively? Well, you know, a big part of it is is ball control. When when you look at when you in the way you control the football mm-hmm. is is by having having a back and handing the ball off and getting downhill uh, makes your linemen look good and everything complements uh, one another. Uh, sets up the play action. All those things. I think when when you look at offenses that struggle and getting in rhythm and things like that, you get off sequence. If you look at statistics, you know uh, I think there's there's more balls thrown on first down than there is uh, on third down. But third down, every every twenty fifth pass is picked off, mm. and it's not. It has nothing to do with the pressure. It has nothing to do with sacks. What it has to do more with is is the situation and the sequence and guys calling things out of rhythm. Um, So the big part is winning first and second down. And you win first and second down. I mean, before you win second down, you got to win first down. And, you know, it's it's getting positive yards, getting downhill, not getting behind the count. 
and that's where that's where a running back comes in a good a good heavy dose of of, of the running game and and then your play action setting up uh, setting setting up the play action based off your running backs giving those same looks and when you look at the Alabamas and even Florida, you know, when, when Urban was at Florida and Urban at Ohio State, that, that wasn't a spread. I mean, Urban, to give him credit, they were a physical football team. He was a run-first football team. And his wasn't necessarily a running quarterback. He treated it like a single-wing mentality. That was another running back back there that, that had an opportunity to throw the football every once in a while on third down and with, with safe throws. So... You know, it's just everything ties together. Uh, and if it doesn't tie together, that's when you get in trouble. It's as a defense, as a defensive coach, uh, it's really easy to call, really easy to call defenses on third down and coverages when you got a pretty good idea what, what they're going to do. Um, you know, third and seven, third and six, 38, 39 plus, man, you got a pretty dang good idea what, what, what people are doing. So um, easy to call defense, and and then you, as an offensive coordinator, you, you get out of you get out of sequence. So, so you know from the beginning of time in football, there's been fads, but the one thing that's constant, it's in the trenches. Um, and teams that can run the football win a lot of football games. So, so I think that's just a integral part of any successful in any successful program. Um, and that's how you get good running backs. That's how you get good linemen. And that's how you can control the football game. And, you know, when you're handing it off to a guy um, that handles the ball all the time and get hit, you know, quarterbacks don't get hit all the time running the football. That's why they fumble a lot. And people have caught up. People know how to play those plays now. Uh, you have to hold blocks longer. There's not a whole lot that's downhill in the running back in the in the quarterback game. So, so when you're looking at that, that stuff's a fad. People caught up. Uh, people aren't on their heels anymore. Uh, you have the ball judge now that that allows defenses to get lined up. So the game's changed. Defense is caught up. But one thing that hasn't changed is the trenches. And if you can run the football, you can run it downhill. You can win a lot of football games. How much option did you guys have? I just remember some of your Notre Dame teams with with Meyer wasn't a lot, but he would, he was, would go down the line and he would keep her pitch once in a while. Yeah, it was trap. It was it was more trap option than uh, inside and outside gotcha. outside veer, and um, and some just some flat out speed option. But a lot of times when we ran when we ran the option. Uh, in the huddle, we were told to to give or to pitch, so there wasn't a whole lot of read out of it. But it was it was downhill. We got up there. It was on the it was on the first sound, and we came we came running off the football. You know, a lot of times we missed, but when we hit people, we knocked them back. And sometimes you're hitting your own guys. You're flying off so hard. But Coach Holtz made it easy because what we weren't what we did. We had very athletic quarterbacks, <laughs> and you know we had we had quick athletic linemen just like like Nebraska had in in the 80s and 90s. So how do you take advantage of that? And that's running some veer and running some trap option. But when we did it, we had certain calls to say, okay, we're given, we're reading, or quarterback keep. So uh, so you didn't have to practice with quite the precision as you would a Nebraska whose offense, that's what it was. So so uh, that was a good job with uh, with the staff at Notre Dame and, and Coach Holtz taking advantage of his most most athletic players. And you know back then, you know Schmidt people 
played played the same eleven guys on defense pretty much. Um, there wasn't very you know Notre Dame never had more than two receivers on the field at at one time. So you know you're playing against base personnel, and um, you know so that was that was a segment of a game of uh, of the game that uh, Coach Holtz took advantage of. You know, getting your best players and making sure you got uh, you got the ball in their hands with with different looks and and different angles, and uh, just kept that defense in a bind. So you know the other the opponent didn't know we weren't reading that. So they had to go sit there and spend time and practice <laughs> and play all those reads and play all those different looks. And that's what offensive coaches do. They're, they're going to put things on tape to, to, make, uh, <laughs> to make defensives practice at things that they're not going to see. So you're not really good at the things that uh, people hang their hat on. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, a Wednesday with Kaz today in the talking style of offense and that, uh, that, that ball control uh, so prominent in the Big Ten and Nebraska trying to, to get better at, at what they're doing running-wise and uh, big emphasis today with practice or, or at least the, the post-media session of, of you know, wanting to be uh, a factor with the, the offensive side of the ball, specifically the running back group. And, you know, big year for this running back group, a lot of unknowns. Uh, with that talent, I want to flip it over to to your defensive side of the, the the ball, and you know what was your message from a motivational standpoint and just a, a continued training standpoint with with your guys. If you had question marks, were you able to to push buttons uh, with like that unknown? Or okay, look, people are saying we're the question mark. We're not going to be the question mark. Did you ever have anything like that uh, come through your your room? <laughs> No, Schmitty, to be honest, I mean, I, you know, I think the big thing in, in, in life and football and any aspect is, is consistency. And, um, you know, I was demanding in, in every aspect on and off the field with these guys, you know, making sure they're going to class and making sure that their locker was clean and making sure that, you know, they had their, their shirts tucked in and all their equipment looked good and all the meeting room was clean. So, so to me, um, you know, it's just having that discipline in the little things. If you can't handle the little things, how can I how can I trust you with with the big things? So, I never really worried about because you, you'd you'd lose your mind. I mean, I, <laughs> I, you, you, I mean, if you listen to what's out there, what people say, you know, when you win, you're great, and when when you when you lose, you stink. And I mean, and that's 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 life. I mean, that's that's uh, that's football, that's sports, that's being a fan, that's everything. So. You know, you, you don't listen to the good or bad. You just kind of take care of of, of in-house. And, you know, that's uh, that's how I operated on every single day. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, you were, if you were, you were late if you were 10 minutes early to my, to my meetings. And then, you know, there was a, a standard that you have to, to set. And like I always said, if you if you lower, I think I might have said this last. If you yeah, lower the standards, standards, many people will meet them. But if you if you raise them, also they'll meet those also. Mm-hmm. So you know, from 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 day one, I never was concerned about what people on the outside said because people on the outside don't know. They don't know what we know. So what I'm going to worry, I'm going to worry about what's in the house, right? And it's my job to make sure that to get my. It was it was a it was the hardest part for a coach is to make sure that these guys understand that it's, it's about their success and what's in their best interest. All right. So, you know, that's the hard part of coaching. 
that, that, that is really difficult because when you're yelling and screaming at a kid, they don't believe that stuff. You know, they just think that you're doing it because they're, they're making you look bad. They're not doing what you want them to do. And in all reality, it's about them being successful. So, you know, I was very, very consistent. I didn't worry a whole lot about, about uh, what other people were doing or what other people were saying. Um, you know, to me, when you play for Nebraska, there's, there's plenty of motivation. Those kids come in. You know, they got dreams, they got goals, and those are things that we talked about in the off season. You know, we we meet three times a year individually, and we would set goals. And I wouldn't coach them on that. I'd just tell them, "Hey, think about it. What do you want?" And I don't care what it, I don't care what it was. And and I would tell them every day, get better at one thing. Mm-hmm. One thing. I don't care what it is. And I'd make them. I'd go around the room and I'd make them tell, "What are you going to get better?" At? I don't care if it was stance, right? I don't care if it was hand placement. You know, it, it never had to be anything big. You know, you just kind of chip away at that rock, take care of the little things, and then and the big things just naturally take care of themselves. So, you know, that's that was that's the challenge. That's the challenge of coaching. That's the challenge of of, mm-hmm. of being a you know being a player. Um, if you start listening to that outside noise, or if you're the question mark things like that. You know, quite frankly, man, that that motivation. I never got into that stuff. Quite frankly, you know, I just hey, what, whatever. Not worried about what people say. He'd go jump off the top of Memorial Stadium with some of the emails, and mm-hmm. if you read them or some, some of the phone messages or the, the stuff on the message board, you jump off the building if you listen to that staff and it, to that stuff. And that's not that's not important. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's just a waste of time, in my opinion. That's just how I coach. That was just my approach. And, you know, it's no different than how you were raised. You, you, you are, you become, um, you know, what was emphasized in the house you were born in and raised in. And that's how I was raised as a player. And that's what was emphasized with all the coaches that I worked for and the coaches that I played for, you know, as if we worry about us, we'll be okay. Fix us first, you know? So, uh, so that was, that's my take on that. As, as you're probably learning through these, <laughs> through, through these talks on Tuesday and now Wednesdays that I didn't, I didn't care a whole lot that uh, went on outside, uh, outside the, uh, the, the field and in the stands and, and, you know, I was worried about the locker room, the meal, the, the huddle in, uh, in the meeting rooms. That's about my, that, that was my concern and that was my obligation, um, you know, as a coach to the players. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail Varsity Radio, our Wednesday with Kaz. We'll have more with uh, Coach Kaczynski, get his take and reaction to Bo Pelides, sit down with Will Compton and the uh, podcast busting with the boys. So Kaz, more to go with Kaz coming up. Uh, a couple quick thoughts on the running game. and Coach Kaz nailed it, living in the Big Ten as long as he has uh, with that ball control. And uh, obviously the, the key of first and second down. Let's hear from, from our key step here, specifically the, the offensive philosophy fit. What got him from SC to Nebraska? Here's Marquise after practice today. 
Well, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I can't. At USC, we throwing that. You know, we throwing it like they was throwing like 50 times a game, something like that. And then it was three rollbacks rotating, and it was probably getting 15 carries split up between three running backs. Um, here, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nebraska was second and rushing in the Big Ten last year. And so that was the number one like thing to me. Like they they made an emphasis on running the ball. And so to me, that was like the biggest thing. And you know, of course, like you said, the style of offense they want to get that shit going downhill. So that to me, that was like the biggest thing. Like we're gonna keep punching and punching until they get tired, until they can handle it no more. Good idea. Wear them out. Fourth quarter. We'll have more from our key step here. Uh, nearing the 540 segment with uh, Marquis specifically the Nebraska style and uh, what he's coming from. Uh, flamboyance may have been used as a term for the SC offense. More with Kaz on the way with Hale Varsity. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Rick Kaczynski, a few more minutes with us. Hale Varsity Radio, a Wednesday with Kaz. Kaz, want to spend a minute on Bobby Bowden passing away last weekend. And uh, some classic matchups with uh, Florida State and uh, Notre Dame. And do you ever have much interaction with Coach Bowden? Oh, no. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I saw him at the convention. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, back in Atlanta. I was with Coach Holtz, uh, the GA in South Carolina. With Lavelle, I think it was Lavelle Edwards, Coach Bowden, Coach Holtz, and me on the elevator. So, yeah, who's, <laughs> that's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, pretty awesome. I'm I'm sitting there saying, I want who doesn't belong here. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty pretty easy to tell. And uh, yeah, just waiting to get see what I was going to get yelled at once the elevator door opened from Coach Holtz. But uh, <laughs> but you know, you Coach Bowden, uh, you know, was he, he he remembered who I was as a player. Um, and not just one of those guys that said, oh, hey, I remember you. Oh, hey, yeah, I remember that 95 games you guys had us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, hey, and, I mean, he, he, and he talked about how our quarterback, we were running a screen. Our quarterback hit one of the linemen in the back of the end zone, got a safety, and, and then uh, flipped the whole game. And, and he talked about the first play that we came out and ran an ISO on the running back from Fort Lauderdale, Autry Denson. He cut it back, went about 60 yards on him. And uh, he says, man, I didn't know, you know, he goes, I didn't know they were that fast up in Indiana. Then I realized he was a Florida boy. He said, they ran that thing right off you, cut off. I mean, it, you know, it's just, just one of those guys, just a people person. But I think what, what, what I can say about him, and I, you never hear anything bad about Coach Bowden. Never heard a, a thing bad about him. And I think he was really genuine. And, you know, when when you when you go back into the history, when coming from West Virginia, you know he was successful there. It wasn't like West Virginia was a juggernaut, and West Virginia was probably a better program than than Florida State at the time when he took the job. But he had a he had a vision, like he knew okay the population, the area of the country, the the potential, and having that vision and taking that leap was was pretty pretty astonishing and pretty amazing and you know when he got there what 76 77 mm-hmm. i mean he played everybody i mean you you want to talk about schedules go look at some of the teams that he played 
Um, he played anybody, anywhere. And they didn't play many games at home. I mean, he built that thing from scratch. So, uh, but just, uh, you know, sad day for college football. But, uh, you know, that guy lived a – he's in a good place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy lived a heck of a life. Um, you know, great family man, uh, great husband, great coach, great father. So, uh, just, you know, sad for the game. But, uh, you know, when you reflect on his life, 90 some years old, uh, coaching Florida State, two national championships, and, you know, good family. You know, I'll, I'll take that any day. I'll sign that contract. So, uh, you know, sad day for college football, but uh, glad that college football had them, mm-hmm. had them as long as they did. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Coach, thanks for, for opening up on Coach Bowden. That was wonderful to, to hear, you know, your experience, your interaction with him. I want to get your take before we say goodbye on, on Coach Bo. And uh, Coach Polini sat down with Will Compton, his podcast, Bussin' with the Boys. Uh, a lot covered in it, specifically uh, the question if he'd ever come back to Nebraska. And he's like, look, they'll, they'll never ask me back. And and uh, he just he just kind of kind of touched looking, it. We ain't looking too bad these days, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, nine and ten wins, brother. I think a lot of Nebraska fans would be yeah. all about that. But just you know, Bo as well as anybody, and is that difficult for him to to talk about? He'll talk about it with Will, obviously. But I was just even even X number of years later, I I'm just kind of wowed. That, that that is a topic. I mean, it's what folks want to hear about, and, and Will did a great job with it. But, man, that's that's never easy to talk about, I would imagine. Oh, well, well and, and, and as a coach, and I, and I can, you know, I wasn't there as long as Bo, mm-hmm. but it was it was disappointing because you, you didn't feel like you had a – obviously, he was there seven years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, in, what, four – four division titles or playing for four conference um, championships in seven years, 10 games, three times, all that mm-hmm. stuff. All that stuff's great. But when you look back at it as a coach, I mean, you, you look back on it as, you know, your relationship with, with the players. Right. And I mean, you know, we, you know, when I talked to Bo, uh, you know, you know, we're not sitting back talking about, all the bad stuff. You know, there's times we talked about, well, we'll talk about the lack of support we got from I course. Mm-hmm. I mean, just calling, calling it like it is. And, you know, uh, the job we did in 2013, I mean, you know, we talk about that year, uh, you know, playing with, you know, our third string quarterback, losing Spencer, um, losing, you know, losing an NFL lineman, playing with your third quarterback, and then, you know, going down and beating Georgia, you know, with uh, with guys that look like Under Armour models. And it's just, you know, there's a little bit bitterness because I, I think all of us felt it could it, it could have been a, a, a great period for us. Um, you know, I think, you know, people take for granted the transition from the Big 12 and the Big 10 hap- as quick as it happened. And we were just starting to get our foothold. We changed our recruiting. We were starting to get dudes that belonged in the Big Ten. And I mean, I think when you look at that staff, um, we had. I mean, besides Fisher, I mean, Fisher's the only guy that didn't have a Division One offer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, guy. I mean, guys. It was a successful staff, and you got a lot of guys coaching still. Um, so uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, we we had you know. We had guys with opportunities because they were they were good coaches, but 
you know, when we talk about it, we talk about the players. Yeah. Try to find a player to say anything negative about Bo Pelini that played for him at Nebraska, man. And um, I think what, what people will appreciate as they look back on both times, I mean, he is what he is. What he is. I'll take that any day. You may not like him. You, you, you know, you may love him. You may like him, but it, you may hate him. But you know exactly what you're getting with Bo. And I think people, as you look back down on the years, they'll appreciate that a little bit more. You knew exactly what you were getting. But, yeah, you know, you, you, nobody likes to get fired. Absolutely not, especially under the, uh, you know, how we got fired, how it was done, how we didn't have an opportunity, especially Bo, to talk to the players, how it was done, just total low class. Um, and, uh, you know, just that not being able to go out the way we wanted to. So I guarantee if we had if Bo Pelini was our head coach, we beat Southern Cal by two by two scores, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man. We were playing noon hoop, Schmitty. We weren't getting ready for Southern Cal. We're trying to find jobs. I'm playing new hoops with Joe Gantz. I mean, heck, we we rolled the ball out at Southern Cal and almost beat him. You know, <laughs> we got we got we got a we got a, a, a staff with a losing record walking around uh, the second floor of the, of the football office. And they're taking our jobs, so you know that was just a just a bad, bad, bad time. You know, you just you just wish, hey man, people make changes. You understand they make changes, but you just thought it would have been done a little bit better way. So, so that's probably a little bit of the bitterness and and mm-hmm. uh, just how how it went out. But let me tell you, man, I think the players enjoyed us, uh, and and we enjoyed them, man. It was a was a hell of a place. Really, really enjoyed our time there. So don't 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 think it was uh, all bad for Bo. I promise you that. And uh, everything everything between uh, everything between <laughs> you know the north and south end of the stadium, you know you really relish there. Relish there. Mm-hmm. So great time in our lives. Well, Kaz, thanks for for opening up and giving me your perspective on it because. It's just uncomfortable to broach, but I wanted kind of your reaction on on that sit down with with Bo and 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 Will, and I think Will was a senior there when you got to Nebraska, if, if my math is mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. no, Will's done a great and that's job. It. I mean, yeah. I went to Vandy. I interviewed at Vandy uh, March of 2020, and I saw Will. He, okay, he's, this is and he's working out with Dobson. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and that's and that's what it's about, man. And, and I mean, it's just like I was there. I mean, Will Compton, Will Compton, and I crossed paths for about six months, and you would have think I coached him for six years. Mm. You know, and that's the great thing about Nebraska. That's the thing about college football, and and that's a, that's a great thing about a guy like Will Will Compton, man. And I think that tells you a little bit something about Dobson too. Mm-hmm. You know, let me tell you, he ain't the only Husker that that was working out at Vandy in the off season. With, <laughs> with, uh, with Dobson, yeah. you know, and it's, like we said, you know, I think what's really disappointing for for the guys on that staff and in Bo, I mean, we were we were we were getting ready to turn that corner, man. We were st- we we were starting to get a Big Ten. We were starting to get a Big Ten roster, and you know, we we lined up in that Gator Bowl, and we lined up against Miami in 2014. Randy Gregory was the oldest D lineman on the field, man. Yeah. If that tells you something. So, and, and just some of the guys that we had in the boat that were coming to us that decommitted because the staff left. It's just, it, it's just, it's just the way it was done. You know, just the way it was done. Getting a call on Sunday morning and, and Schmitty, we can go into it for an hour. I mean, uh, we knew it though. Quite frankly, you could tell. We knew it. We knew it. 
those clowns didn't want us there. But hey, in the end, everybody gets what they deserve. Mm. So, you know, those guys were they were shown the door, and uh, I don't think their legacy. I think our legacy will improve. I think people will look at us in a little bit better light. But I don't think you can say that about Icorse and and uh, his clown posse. Mm. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Kaz, real radio brother. Appreciate you giving me a few minutes. And, uh, hey, it's all good. Appreciate all right, your passion, man. Thanks for the time today. You got it, partner. Rick Kaczynski, no stone unturned there by Kaz. And we'll tell you what. You had Bo say what he said on the bussin' segment and sit down with Will Compton. A little bit further uh, in-depth with that from Kaczynski. And, yeah, he used the term, and those guys got every right to be bitter when you're winning nine, ten ball games a year. That a change is unnecessarily made, and it. Listen, Mike Riley is a good football coach. Mike Riley going to the Big Ten did not work out right with with what you're recruiting. They they had a nice season at nine and four. Totally get that, ranked in the top ten. But overall, it, it just didn't work. And you go back to, to what was going on, 9-4, and 10-4, and four, and I know there were some blowout embarrassing losses. There are also some things that happened pretty consistently. I don't know, like beating Iowa. It's evaded Nebraska. Uh, Wisconsin, not good. But if Coach tells me, look, they were close to, to turning the corner, I'll always wonder what... 2015 could have been or would have been had a change not been made. Maybe they're nine and four again. Maybe they're better. Maybe Lamar Jackson's here. Uh, we'll do a jock doc on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, we'll get to our jock doc in one second. Let's go to, to Larry real quick. Larry wanted to react to the Kaz interview. Larry, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, just kind of a testimonial to that era and a shout-out to, um, uh, to Tommy Armstrong. That dude typifies what Nebraska football is about. He won under different circumstances, in transition, and did what he was supposed to. And, and just a shout-out to that kid. He was tough, and he did it the right way, and he did what he was supposed to. And um, I think that's what Nebraska football is about. And hopefully we get some more of that in the near future. Amen. Larry, thanks for the phone call. And uh, a lot of Nebraska fans, uh, yeah, as, as time goes by, you kind of go back and say, oh, you know, it wasn't so bad or maybe it wasn't so so messed up. And then you, I'm that way with Jamal Lord. Legit. I mean, I went to school with Jamal, covered Jamal, and I'm like, man. Jamal Lord was incredible, and at the time, everyone was throwing darts at him because of, of God forbid, going 7-7, seven and seven. <laughs> right? And then you realize, Jamal Lord, brother, it was a one-man band. <laughs> it was a one-man band for, for Jamal in, in 02. Uh, wow. Let's get to a jock doc. We uh, welcome in uh, with Lincoln Orthopedic Center, uh, Dr. Brandon Seifer. Dr. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Chris. How are you guys? We're good, man. We are good. And, and let's talk Clayton Kershaw here. He's on that 60-day, well, I, I guess it's called injured list, uh, not DL anymore. 
and uh, you had some comments by uh, his manager, uh, Dave Roberts, about they're, they're not against using Kershaw out of the bullpen here uh, if and when a return happens. Let's talk a little bit here about Kershaw uh, and his injury. And I know L.A. went nuts during the trade deadline. The Dodgers have loaded up. Uh, former Royal Danny Duffy's there. They, they got uh, some more heavy hitters, so L.A.'s trying to go back-to-back. But talk to me about Kershaw and, and his role and, and how coming off injury, bullpen, uh, that, that injury and, and the effect the injury or coming off of that injury could have with him in the bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it kind of seems like they're headed in that direction, you know, especially with this lingering elbow issue this year. It, I don't know how much kind of distance they're going to get out of him if they put him into a starting role. Um, it's probably a smart move thinking about the bullpen side, you know, kind of rewinding a little bit in terms of the elbow issue. It sounds like it's been going on since early July, so they put him on that list. Um, they're talking about some inflammation to that inside part of the elbow. We call that the medial side of the elbow. So if you basically anatomically think about that and feel towards the inside of your elbow, there's a little bump on the inside of your elbow called the medial epicondyle. There's a big muscle group and a tendon that attaches there. It's called the flexor pronator that attaches in that area. A very common area to have inflammation um, in a baseball pitcher. You think about the amount of torque that goes through that area with different types of pitches, especially when you're spinning the ball like they do. Um, also an area where you can have kind of a Tommy John type of injuries in that same area. Uh, it sounds like he's. they've worked through that several times. They've looked at uh, MRIs for him and some studies, and those all look negative in terms of any Tommy John stuff, which is good for him long term. So now it's more just kind of that inflammation of that uh, tendinous tissue that attaches there, which is just a really a, a pesky injury to have during the baseball season as a pitcher. We've talked about this before. It's hard to rest in season and you know to get enough rest to get that to heal. And so that's kind of the challenge he he's in the situation he's in, and the challenge is to get over this. Um, so trying to figure out a way to rest him, but also kind of work him back into the rotation is going to be their big question mark. And, and really the bullpen idea is probably a pretty decent idea for somebody like him. Talking Clayton Kershaw, Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. And Kershaw may be moving to the bullpen when he is back off that 60-day DL with the elbow issue that's uh, the forearm slash elbow soreness that he's had since being shut down from the All-Star break. Dr. Brandon, when we look at, at Kershaw here, he's not been traveling with the team in their three-game series against Philly, but what he could do is start a, a throwing program. What's that entail here? Uh, when when, when the, the medical minds collaborate with uh, the pitching staff, uh, the coaching, and uh, there's a plan formulated here, what, what could that look like for Kershaw to start throwing again? Yeah, and so with these folks, they'll do some of the kind of simulated game situations where they'll, they'll throw a 25-pitch you know, spread or maybe a 40-pitch spread, and they'll do that and kind of as a game simulation, you know, throwing similar how they would throw to different types of hitters. And that's kind of how that return to, to throwing program kind of works with them. It sounds like they may have tried that, too, about maybe 10 days ago, and that uh, inflammation kind of came right back. But essentially what you want to do with these is, you know, you start up pretty elementary. You're just doing some easy kind of easy toss kind of back and forth and just kind of gradually backing it up before you ever get onto the mound in terms of that distance. We call it an interval throwing program. Traditionally, those take, you know, anywhere from four to six weeks to go through. Obviously, in a season, you can shorten that up some because you've already been kind of throwing before. 
And so he's probably looking at, you know, somewhere between maybe a two to three week kind of return from that perspective when they basically release him to do it. Um, but it is tough, you know, essentially he's going to still have some pain when he returns. Unfortunately, probably won't be able to get all this pain worked out by the end of the season. But as long as they can keep it within a manageable level and he still has his stuff and, and he's not, you know, putting himself into a kind of poor mechanic situation where you then start to irritate your Tommy John area, that's really going to be the big thing for him. Dr. Brandon, when it comes to, to not irritating that Tommy John region, uh, is it just simple, uh, as simple as knowing your body or being cautious and careful with, with what pitches you're throwing? Or is it, let's see if, if we're truly recovered from this and let's try and get back to normal. How do you approach that? Yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah, these are definitely challenging because, you know, what can happen on the on the front side of these, especially when you're talking, you know, the Tommy John type injury, which is that ulnar collateral ligament injury where you start to stretch that injury, that ligament on the inside. As you start to, you know, develop more inflammation to the inside of that elbow, more of that stress kind of shifts from where that muscle is maybe not firing as well, and it shifts onto the ligament, and then that ligament now starts to experience more stress, more force. There's less muscle, muscle in the area kind of protecting it. Now you start really do putting yourself in that at-risk category, and that's probably how a lot of these Tommy John injuries do start. Is you start to have all the inflammation there on the inside of your elbow, you just keep pushing through it, ignoring the pain, and then all of a sudden it starts to transfer into that leg, and it starts to really stretch it out. And so, really, pain pain is probably the best guide uh, from that perspective. Um, also, you know, there's certain exams we can do. And on our certain exams we can do, just trying to figure out, you know, what's the pain level on those certain exams. And if it's, you know, fairly tolerable with a couple of these examiners we're doing, then it's probably reasonable to go and throw. Uh, but really, in the big scheme of things, at the level that, you know, Kershaw's at, a major league pitcher is at, they really do have such a great feel for their body, their elbow, their throwing mechanics, that they're going to be able to tell you whether they're going to be able to go or not. Um, and more importantly, be, you know, be effective or not is really kind of the big question. That's uh, super key to be effective. Dr. Brandon Seifert, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday. Our topic, Clayton Kershaw, his return, and where will that be? Could be in the bullpen, says uh, Roberts with L.A. And uh, with what they've got starting, what they've traded for, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, here's our anchor out of the bullpen. Uh, That could work well. Dr. Brandon, thanks for squeezing in time today. You bet, Chris. You guys take care. All right. There we go. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon Seifert on Kershaw, on pain management, and uh, how the Dodgers can and and may utilize that Hall of Famer uh, after he gets back from the 60-day injured list. We'll wind down a Wednesday, loaded Thursday. Good stuff talking running backs today with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! One final time, big thanks to Rick Kaczynski today. Coach Kaz with us. We said hi to Mike Babcock, Mike Schuhart. You heard from Dr. Brandon on Kershaw and uh, what might be best for him here as the season is ramped up for the Dodgers for another series push. Uh, We will talk with uh, Brandon Vogel tomorrow. Mitch Sherman will join us tomorrow afternoon. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets, Danny's dimes, and the uh, reigning barbecue champion, we'll just say of Boulder County, 
Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. We will talk to him about uh, what did it for him with the ribs. He had a rib off last Saturday. He sent pictures. I have said pictures of the ribs. They looked incredible. And we will ask him where he got that, uh, that Colorado buff apron. And we'll ask how many uh, Modellos he had during said rib off. So there we have it. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing seatbelts. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So let's hear one last thought from uh, Bo Pelini and uh, the sit-down with uh, Will Compton busting with the boys. And this was... More from Pellini on Coach Osborne and his take on things. And we've we've heard this before about T.O. not being ready to leave. But with Harvey in charge, T.O. ended up saying goodbye. You would think that they would have celebrated and treated Tom better at the Uh end, and that didn't happen. They weren't treating Tom good at the end? No, I mean, no, not really. They kind of forced Tom out. I don't think Tom was quite right. I mean, in the end, I think Tom Osborne, you know, earned the right to, I mean, came back, kind of saved the program when he came back as the AD. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think he's pretty much earned the right. You know, Tom would never say this, but Tom earned the right to pick his successor and and uh, to make sure that, probably, you know, to safeguard the, the tradition, all the things that went on. And that, that didn't happen. So... And here, here we are. You yeah. Know, and they're fighting to get back. A lot of intense uh, post-game press conferences with Bo Pelini, Ohio State for sure. Uh, this was also intense post-Iowa, the chicken bleep call. There were rumors about people wanting to fire you then, right? Like you want this was like a two-year thing to where you kind of felt chicken what personal yeah. foul was that? We there was a big third down play. I remember there was a big third down play, and you know we go we were off the field, and flag comes out, really cost us a game, mm-hmm. and it cost us a chance to win the game. And they asked me about the, about after the game. They said, "What do you think? What do you think of that pass interference call at the end?" I there you go, ten grand. Yeah, or Whatever it was. Now we know. 10K, that's what it cost. Yeah. Well, the the thing, though, is he was swinging his hat. Like, he, he was swinging his hat, sideline of the Iowa game. And, like, the back buckle, it wasn't a fitted one. Like, the back part of the hat, like, almost swiped a, a ref's nose. Wow. Well, good stuff from Coach Kaczynski today. We're going to check that out. Listen to the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio. Subscribe to us, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Give us a rating, good, bad, ugly. We'll take all, all thoughts. Big thanks to Will Wilson. Back tomorrow at 4 with Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.